welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Back with you on this Wednesday episode is a winky Wednesday, which means my good buddy Nick Wiegler will be joining me in one moment. I do want to say thank you to all the folks out there. New listeners, I see you. To all the folks that have been listening all along, every day, appreciate you. You can always hit me up on Twitter, at BDPeacock. We will be answering some mailbag questions today. Wink and I will be talking about the state of the franchise. And who knows, usually these things tend to go off the rails when Nick and I get together. So we'll see what else we talk about. Earthquakes and sparkling water maybe is what we were talking about before we went live. We should have been recording that conversation. Let me bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Nick, best sparkling water, go. I really like the Kirkland brand. They've got a really great oh, flavor. On. It's like a, a raspberry, black raspberry or something. It's delicious. Come on. I expect they got a kiwi strawberry too. Not it's a, so good. <laughs> I this started because I'm currently drinking hop water from Lagunitas and I like it. Nick's not a fan. I was throwing up in my mouth a little bit when you told me <laughs> you were drinking it. Uh, it's not, I don't, I don't know. It's just like, whatever kind of has a hoppy flavor. I don't like the sweet stuff. And I especially don't like the things that taste like fake sweet. So a lot of the, you know, the LaCroix of the world and those sort of beverages, right. uh, I don't love it. It, it. I can taste, it's like, you know, it says naturally flavored, but like, like what naturally flavors this? If you put actual <laughs> orange juice in something, it's going to be sweet because right. there's sugar and orange, right? Like where does this natural flavor come from that doesn't taste like the flavor it's supposed to be? It's yeah, it has like this weird fake metallic taste. I'm not into it, but the hop water is cool. Usually when I do go sparkling water, my favorite actually these days is the Topo Chico. Have you had that one? I have. Yeah. You yeah. know, I really like the sparkling ice too. They have like a, a cherry limeade or something. It was so good. Oh, wow. I have not tried that one. Yeah. Give me a, give me a limeade anytime, anywhere. You can throw some cherry in there if you want. You don't have to. But overall, like I don't really like sparkling beverages that much. So I'm more of a Mio guy. I, I like the fruit punch, the lemonade, gotcha. the okay. orange tangerine. I usually prefer the beer, trying to drink less of that right now, which is why I have the hop water. Yeah, that's smart. You know, you still mm. get a little bit of the flavor. You're not going to go the non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, you know, they, I, still, they still make that, right? I do think that this hop water is better than the non-alcoholic beer I've had. Okay. Although well, it still has alcohol in it. You know, it's funny. I saw back-to-back ads on my social media app yesterday. One was for a non-alcoholic beer company. Uh, it's called like Athletic. I don't know. I don't even want to say the name because I'll get it wrong and I don't want to give them publicity because it's like, what? What are we doing? There was a back-to-back <laughs> ads. It was like non-alcoholic beer was the entire company. It wasn't, Oof. but it was like, you know, fl- it was like there was IPA and a stout. So they're trying to make high-end uh, non-alcoholic beers. And then it shows people like working out. It was like, well, wait a I minute. I, those things just don't go together. So I don't know what's going on there. The very next ad, porkless pork rinds. What is happening to our <laughs> like, society? Let's just right make now. things that aren't what they are. Let's just do that. That that's right. Yeah, I'm over this. 2020 cannot end soon enough for me. Man. We already have phones that we don't make calls with. Right. I know. As we do like a video conference. Right Currently now. hosting a podcast about sports, <laughs> and we're not talking about sports. Right, dude. Right everything's in. everything's off the rails already. <laughs> Hope you survived the earthquake today. Five minutes in. 6.1 in Eastern California, east of Visalia, my old hometown. Yeah, there was a huge one in Mexico yesterday, too. So Uh-oh. Earth's shaking right now. The big one's coming. Pacific Rim, watch out. I uh, felt a little, I, I did feel a little jolt when I saw that Bryant Young 
was to be inducted into the 49ers Hall of Fame. Overdue, one of my favorite all-time 49ers, dominant. I love Bryant Young, all-time sack leader by a lot for the 49ers, which I was surprised about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you said it, you know, long overdue. Because to me, I was like, wait, he's not in already? And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, I would have remembered a, a celebration because, yeah, I mean, talk about one of my all-time favorite 49ers. Be young, man. Dude had to get 200-pound dumbbells. Like, are you kidding me right now? Talk about <laughs> I love that story. They're like, being. yeah, these dumbbells aren't heavy enough for me. Right. Yeah, this is not doing it, guys. I need to be stronger. I yeah. So I, I already, I mean, I knew how good of a career he had. He was really, he was sort of a silent superstar for some of those great late 90s 49ers teams had one of the ugliest injuries ever uh, came back mm-hmm. from it was still a really good player and maybe not quite as dominant as he was, but he's way out in front all time sack leader for the 49ers 80, 89 and a half total sacks for Bryant Young second place Charles Haley, who I, I might have guessed was close or all time sack leader. Haley didn't play as long for the 49ers, but he's 33 and a half sacks ahead of him or 33 sacks ahead of him. Wow. Charles Haley has 66 and a half in second place. Bryant Young, 89 and a half sacks. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, that's that's shocking. You talk about a guy, too, who, you know, not only did he have an amazing career, but he he got Dana Stubblefield an MVP one year. Let's be real. Oh, he did. He was, yeah. He's he was like, drawn all the double yeah, teams. Yeah, I'll take the doubles. Dana, you take yeah. home the hardware. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Stubblefield fourth on the list, by the way, 46 and a half. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, he, he had a great career. It's it's well-deserved that, that he's getting in the, the 49ers Hall of Fame. And, uh, yeah, it'll be nice. Uh, if they, you know, if they get to play some games this year, you to see a nice halftime show. Hopefully they show it on television since no one's going to get to go to the games. Um, but I wonder if they'll put it off. I wonder if they'll, like, have a big party for them later. Because I know I they're know. doing that with uh, with some of the Hall of Fame inductions, like the uh, Major League Baseball right. or something. Oh, yeah, that would, make, yeah. that would make some sense. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's not as big of a deal as the, the true Hall of Fame, which I think Bryant Young probably deserves to be in because of how dominant he was and was... Right. He only wore one uniform. Uh, the, the uniform changed colors multiple times while he played for the 49ers, but he only played for the 49ers. I had a mailbag question a while back that didn't make the show, and I wish I could call out the person who sent it, but they asked who was the best all-time 49er that only was a 49er, and it was based around the Joe Staley retirement, and Joe Staley would be up there. Man, if I had to draft between only players that only played for the 49ers, I might draft Bryant Young over Joe Staley. And I would take Patrick Willis over both of them, but I agree yeah, with you. Yeah, there's another good one. I mean, that's those are those are top three right there for sure, or uh, among the top. Um, oh man, I you know what they they probably are top three, right? I'm trying to think of somebody else. Yeah, who I mean, only you, you played just, for the 49ers, so obviously you can't have your Montanas and Youngs and Rices out there. So did Craig ever play anywhere else? Yeah, he did. He did. I'd that's like to right. forget that he played for both uh, the Vikings that's and Raiders, right? right? Wow. I remember the Raiders, yeah. Yeah, I think he had oh, a short yeah. I mean, run with the Vikings. Who else could it be? That's crazy. There's probably some yeah. old old timers that we're not thinking about that deserve, you know, the Leo Nomalinis of the world. Did he play put for it only in the our, 49ers? Put it in the, the feed, guys. Put it down below <laughs> in the comments. I want to <laughs> yeah. see it. Yeah, at BD Peacock, at Bay Area Wink, let us know who we're forgetting about all-time 49ers who only wore one uniform, only wore the red and gold, depending on what year they played, for the 49ers. But uh, Bryant Young, well-deserved. All-time great, one of my all-time favorite 49ers. This dude, one of the stories I remember, this is way back, and I actually tried to find it before we went on the air, and I couldn't find it. It might have been just a word-of-mouth story that I heard one time on the radio or something. But 
there was a story about Bryant Young in high school, and he went to some you know powerhouse high school, and 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 he would go to the fifty yard line before the game, do push ups on the fifty yard line with his starting quarterback on his back, and just totally <laughs> just. And I think it might have been a story about how he was recruited to Notre Dame or something like that, but just completely like the team was beaten. Like they just right. saw this dude who was like, how how do we compete with that guy who's a freak of nature? This is before the game. Like I'm going to cool myself yes. down before we get this <laughs> thing started. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, I love that, but really psych out the other team. And, and he just was absurdly strong because he was undersized for an interior defensive lineman, but he was not understrengthed. And he was so explosive too. He would shoot gaps. He was so powerful. I mean, he was just... Uh, he was amazing, and uh, that rough that knee injury I think cut his dominance short. Or else we would mm-hmm. be talking about someone who was a no doubt Hall of Famer because he was he was that good. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Let's see. Oh, you know what I have here? Aside from some mailbag overflow questions that that I've been. Uh, oh, did you see this article by Matt Barrows? By the way, which one? Of uh, obviously Matt Barrows writes a lot of articles about the 49ers. Friend of the program, hell of a nice guy. Um, actually this article was not by Matt Barrows, but he retweeted it. It was an athletic article written by some other folks talking about the Peyton Manning courtship when the 49ers were involved and the secret meeting between Harbaugh and the throwing session with Peyton Manning. Oh, it's an awesome article, but there's such a cool passage in here that just made me laugh and I wanted to read it. And it was talking about Peyton Manning, who was at, uh, uh, Cutcliffe's house, the, the coach for Tennessee Mm -hmm. and they were doing, or no, he, he was the coach for Duke, I believe at the time. Right. But I think he was Manning's coach at Tennessee. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. that was the connection there. So they were working out uh, at Duke because it was more of a private place that they could work out. But um, Mrs. Cutcliffe, the coach's <laughs> wife, asked if they wanted anything to eat. Greg Roman's like, nah, no thanks. Um, her husband's like, no, I'm fine. Peyton Manning's like, no, I'm good. Jim Harbaugh goes, yeah, uh, I'll have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I went and made myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich when I read that. It's like, yeah, uh, that sounds good. And Harbaugh talks about it here, and I love his response. He's like, yeah, I always feel like, at least in my mom's house, when she asks if you want something, she's offended if you don't let her make something. Yeah. And yeah. I do love PB&J, absolutely. That was his. Uh, totally, I can I just totally picture like, Harbaugh saying that to you, man. Oh, if someone's great. at my house and I offer to make you some food or get you something to drink, like, come on. I'm, I'm asking for a reason. I want to be a good host. Like, let, if, let me hook you up with something. And, of course, I'm sure you washed it down with a nice glass of milk. Uh, some hop water, maybe. Maybe some hop water. Do you put ice in your milk? No, no, I don't. Do uh, you? Oh, no. God, no. No, I like it cold. Like, I love it fresh out. You know, yes. I don't leave a milk carton sitting out. I understand gross. wanting it cold. Putting ice in it is definitely no. a no-go. No, I can't do that. That just sounds disgusting. Yeah, I'm worried for the mental health of the folks that do put ice in their milk. <laughs> no offense to anyone out there that puts <laughs> ice in their milk. Uh, course, if you love but... ice in your milk, talk to Nick about it. At Bay Area Week. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of those Twitter handles, let's get into some tweets and some mailbag, shall we? Sounds good. Oh, you know what goes good with an ice cold beer? Not iced milk, mind you. Knocking some repairs off the to-do list. Yeah, rockauto.com can help. But an ice cold beer, open up the hood of your car, something deep down about that, being able to fix this thing that is broken. Get your hands dirty. Wipe it off with the rag and then drink your beer or whatever frosty beverage of choice you have. Go to rockauto.com to find all of your auto part needs for your car, your truck, your classic vehicle, your daily driver. 
You can find anything at rockauto.com. An amazing selection, reliably low prices. Prices are no different if you are a mechanic or if you are a do-it-yourselfer. Engine parts, brake parts, jumper cables, whatever you need, go to rockauto.com. Family owned for 20 years, helping you buy parts online. Let them know we sent you in the Who Sent You box. Put Locked On in there so they know we sent you to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck will ever need. You know, I'm a little disappointed we haven't had any other bigger news, although it was a nice bit of news about Bryant Young going into the 49ers Hall of Fame. And we've already had one episode so far. Wednesday's Wednesday evening's episode is about to go on air from the state of the franchise for the 49ers, but no announcements of any extensions. And, you know, there's some speculation. There might be some big announcements this week. We'll see if that continues throughout the week from the state of the franchise. It was the Bryant Young announcement and that there was a partnership with Manscaped. Those were the two biggest announcements so far from the state of the franchise. So we'll see if that gets ramped up throughout the week. Yeah, there's a lot of great, you know, tweets following the the announcement of the Manscaped partnership uh, having to do with clean things. Uh, oh, yeah. Well done. Well done. Before we get too far off it, I, I just thought back to that Harbaugh, uh, <laughs> the, the article about that. I love when he's he like wants to play catch with Manning to, to get his arm strength. And he's basically like, yeah, I worked out with Moss last week. And yeah, the only the only one I missed, he he, he ran the wrong route. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, it's oh. so Harbaugh. How do you run the wrong route in a workout when it's just one quarterback throwing to one receiver? That was great. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Oh, forgot about this. Wanted to do this at the beginning. Shout out the folks who have been leaving ratings and reviews. So these oh. aren't questions, but some five-star reviews out there. These are mostly from Apple Podcasts. But, you know, if you want to give us a five-star review on whatever app you listen to Locked On 49ers, always appreciated. This one from Tim who said, Brian is a true professional. I did not pay this person to write this, by the way. Very balanced <laughs> right. in his analysis. Very interesting. Great job. So uh, I appreciate that. This one from Double ATRC on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I believe I've seen that handle as well, involved in some mailbag segments. He said, I listen to it every day. Thank you for the solid analysis, BDP. Hashtag wink in the stink. We haven't done a wink in the stink in a while. Is there anything you're stinking on? Not really right now. I mean, I just, you know, everything that comes out, I'm so like eager to consume that. No, there's, there's nothing that's really stinking (laughs) me up right now, but don't worry. As soon as I get something, I'll bring it. This one, the last one here from Ricky racer 99, who said, Brian and wink are amazing. Brian is great solo host and is amazing in the interaction with wink. Great combination of team specific in-depth info with fun banter about the rest of the league or food. I don't miss an episode. (laughs) Nice. So thank you, folks. Appreciate those food shout out. Thank you. Yeah. We can go on off topic one time per week on this show, right? I mean, maybe Max will max out at once. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, come on. We're very professional. (laughs) I'm looking right now at our list of things we need to talk about here that you put in Excel spreadsheet. It's freaking June. Okay. (laughs) As I sit in my closet. (laughs) (laughs) It's June. It's June. No sport has played in over 100 days. Oh, man, I miss it so much. Here we go. This one from One Man Wolfpack on Twitter. He said, with nothing to do during quarantine, I sat and watched Brandon Ayuk against Michigan State. And one thing I noticed is you can easily tell if the ball is coming his way or if it's a run play just by looking at how he fires off the ball. Have you noticed this? Um, I didn't necessarily notice as, a, as it was a, if it was a tell as far as, you know, what kind of play was coming. Um, and usually when I watch 
prospects, it's more like I'm just watching the straight cut ups and I'm interested in when they're getting targeted more so than, you know, just the flow of the game stuff. So I do miss some of those things sometimes as I'm trying to, you know, cram as many prospects in as possible when I watch him. But one thing that is clear, and I think it ties into this, is he's definitely not as interested in the run game and blocking and some 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 of the more physical aspects of playing wide receiver. And it also shows in his uh, contested catch. He was really bad. He only caught three of like 14 contested catch situation mm-hmm. passes last year. Um, can definitely get better as a blocker. He shows toughness, though, when he runs after the catch and catching in traffic as far as, you know, taking a slant and not slowing down and finding where, where to go and, and hitting a crease after that. So there's some toughness there. So I don't know if it's a toughness thing there. I think it's more about like maybe he's just conserving energy during run plays, um, maybe a coaching point. So it's definitely something to monitor with him. But yeah, in a way I did notice not the exact uh, reference you're making here, one man Wolfpack, but something I noticed and something definitely to, uh, to think about because, uh, you know, it's one of the things I think that has dogged Dante Pettis in his career is that toughness. Yeah, I mean, that you said it right there. You know, if he, if he doesn't get better at it, Kyle will put him in the doghouse. Like, yeah. he has no problem taking a high-round pick or, or just a high-draft pick in general and just being like, oh, you're not going to do the things we need you to do when the ball's not coming to you? Okay, well, go ahead and just uh, don't don't be on the Super Bowl roster. You know, like, what 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 do you want from us? You know, you're, you're here, you have a job. Wes Welker, too. I mean, he's their wide receivers coach. I can't imagine that, you know, Wes Welker wouldn't be – Every single time that sort of thing happened, sh- calling him out in, in the film room. You're mm-hmm. like, hey, what were you doing here on this? You know, it was coming out of college. You know, you, you, there's going to be obviously a lot of room for these guys to grow and a lot of things that they need to, to take to the next level. And, uh, and great spot there, one man, Wolfpack. I like that. Now I'm going to be watching it on every uh, preseason <laughs> yeah. snap that we see. And you know, if you're picking up on it, then the, the defenses he's playing against are going to pick up on those sure. kind of things for sure. Um, do you remember who the player was? This is like a few years ago, three or four years ago now. There was a prominent player in the NFL, and a fan had a similar thing that they noticed watching the games, tweeted it out to the player, and the player was like, oh man, I never noticed that. Thank you for letting me know. And it actually helped the player that he noticed something that the player hadn't noticed about himself, and he changed it up the way he released off the line. It was something very similar to that, uh, and I thought that was... Pretty cool that the guy recognized it and that the player was, you know, actually was like, oh, yeah, you know what? That's a good call. Thanks, man. Thanks for uh, for letting me know. I'll be honest. As you started that story, I thought it was going to go the other way. You're like, you don't (laughs) tell me what to do. Right. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of that, too, that happens. (laughs) I'm a professional. (laughs) No, that's that's good of that guy to to be so humbled by that and just be like, wow, yeah, you're right. And take any suggestion you can get to, to improve, man. Constructive criticism. It's big. A bit of news that I forgot. Um, it's it's been reported a lot about Trent Williams and his restructured contract, still on a one year deal, so he'll be a free agent after this year. But Field Yates of ESPN reported that as part of that reworked contract, Williams cannot be franchise tagged after this season. Per source, the eventual goal for both sides remains a long term deal for the seven time Pro Bowler. So yeah, they're still going to try to get a deal done this off season. I think they'll try harder to re sign Trent Williams after trading for him than they did with. Emmanuel Sanders last year, mm-hmm. uh, but he can't be franchise tagged, which is interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting, especially since the Niners reworked it so that he get more upfront money too. I mean, it sounds like they did him a big favor, and in the they got in return they can't franchise tag him. Like that's a little confusing. Maybe, but maybe yeah, maybe just maybe some it's good will thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Some goodwill, build some goodwill, try to uh, resign Trent Williams long term after the season because it's not ideal to be trading away future picks and not resigning those guys and uh, trading for one and done players. 
Especially when you're talking about such a cornerstone piece of an offense to left tackle. Right. Although if it's because I talked about the Emmanuel Sanders stuff and now that, and by the way, we haven't talked about this because Debo Samuel got hurt after our episode last week, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Richie James, broken wrist, Debo Samuel, broken foot, James out for two months. So he should be back in time for the season, but missing camp might be enough for him to not even make the roster. So that's an interesting, um, it's not so much about, okay, well, he's not going to be around for the season, but is he going to be around if he's not on the roster for the season? So right. Richie James, I think, was one of those players that really needed to compete for his roster spot, is not going to have that opportunity in camp now. But for Debo Samuel, if he misses, you know, four, three, four weeks of the season, that's that's rough because that's the one guy that, you know, you thought would be a consistent playmaker for the 49ers on the outside. A lot of question marks aside from that. Um, and I was thinking about how, man, if if... If you told John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan in February that Debo Samuel was going to break his foot in June, would they have tried harder to re-sign Emmanuel Sanders? I wonder. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, I, that, that's a pretty easy answer, right? I mean, well, I think both of us the, were surprised that they didn't try harder anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, you know, when, when you know you've got some big contracts coming up, too, it was probably something where they had to look for the future. And, and they thought they could get younger at the position and, you know, get – because Emmanuel Sanders wasn't exactly the the prototypical wide receiver for this offense. He was great. He was good veteran leadership. He was great in his his cuts and everything. But they want guys that can mix and match on every position. You know, that can be running backs. That can you know take take quick you know little sweeps and and uh, turn around the corner. And and that wasn't Sanders' game at all. So they they wanted to go younger. They wanted to go with Ayuk. They wanted to spend that money elsewhere. But yeah, now you look back and you're like, okay, both of your starting receivers from the Super Bowl are gone. Who's your number two? Kendrick Bourne? Like he's your number one now? Like, okay. And now who's your number two after him? Dante Pettis? Ayuk? Like he doesn't know the offense. Pettis is coming off of a horrible season. James is hurt. Trent Taylor? What? He's such a question mark. Hurt? Like what? What's going on with this wide receiving yeah. court? It's terrifying. It's, yeah, it's, it is terrifying. Makes camp fun to see how that That's competition true. goes, but mm-hmm. you don't necessarily want fun. I think consistency would feel a little bit better for a lot of <laughs> 49ers fans and probably the 49ers themselves. Um, on this same note, I want to throw some options at you potentially and see how you feel about how to replace Debo next. Okay, let's do it. A very special offer this week at Built Bar, 50% off every box of Built Bars. That's right. Every box of Built Bars, 50% off If you're getting a box of peanut butter brownie flavor, for example, with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories per bar, only 3 grams of sugar, 50% off. Mint brownie, only 110 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, 50% off that box as well. Build your own box at BuiltBar.com. 16 amazing flavors covered with real chocolate. Not this weird light brown chocolate flavor. No, actual delicious 100% chocolate. You don't even need to use promo code locked on this week to get this very special offer of 50% off every box of Built Bar's a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber snack, builtbar.com. So just painting a picture of what could happen if they mostly stay in-house. Maybe they bring in a camp body to run some routes, but if they stay in-house with everything and just wait it out with Debo and maybe he only misses, maybe he doesn't miss any time, maybe he's ready to go for week one, maybe he misses you know, a couple weeks. But if Debo is out week one, conceivably something like, say, 
obviously you hope Kittle gets re-signed and doesn't hold out because, I mean, that's another level. Like, what if you had Ross DeWelly running out there with Kendrick Bourne and Jalen Hurd, and you're like, okay, basically every safety in the league is going to be right on the line of scrimmage because yeah, what are they worried right. about, right? And that's, that's one of the things is, like, a lack of that dynamic aspect, which is why I think the 49ers might try really hard if Debo is out to at least have some packages every week for Brandon Ayuk to be in there and do a lot of those Debo-like things just to get, get his dynamic his hands, yeah. ability. You know, with his speed and his play speed, they'll need that because otherwise, if you're a defense and the 49ers are even if even with um, with George Kittle in there, like he's not a blow the top off the defense deep threat, right? He's more of a catch and run guy. So you can, you know, stack the middle of the field. If your wide receivers on the outside are Kendrick Bourne and Jalen Hurd, both fine players, both could be really good contributors. And can, I think a lot of people have high hopes for Jalen Hurd, but those are both like four, six, 40 guys. They're not deep right. down the field threats. So if you have zero threat of beating a team down the field, which I've already kind of worried with the 49ers offense, they don't have a lot of that anyway. Like, Teams are just going to stack the hell out of the box against the 49ers, try to stop the run and say, well, good luck. Let's see if you can beat us one-on-one on the outside. We don't think you can. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of play action, right? I mean, that's that's the only way you can beat that is just hope that somebody can sneak by uh, that safety who maybe bites on on the play action. You know, that that's really the only way you can counter that sort of thing uh, with, with the lack of downfield speed, which is you nailed it. The 49ers don't really have it in camp right now. You know, you let Goodwin go. He was that guy. You know, even Sanders still had had a little getty up, you know. So, yeah, that's definitely worrisome. I, 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 I now you're going to keep me up at night thinking about this. I mean, are there other options? Like, who's out there? Right okay, now? how about this? Some, this yeah, one from Rich on Twitter. He says Dante Whitner thinks that the Niners should go after Antonio Brown. Your thoughts? My opinion, based on what Dante said in this recent interview, I think they should bring. AB in. What do you think? Do you agree with Rich and Dante Whitner that the 49ers should bring in Antonio Brown? You know, if you asked me before these two injuries, it would have been a, are you joking? You know, like that's a foolish move. But, you know, you really sit down and you think about it. Like he is a playmaker. Even when he, you know, spent just a little bit of time in New England there, you saw it. He still got that speed. He still got those hands. He could still go up and get it. Um, so you got to kick the tires on it, right? I mean, it's, I think you've got a strong enough locker room that you could handle somebody like that. Even if he comes in and he is a distraction and you cut him, like you're exactly where you were before. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I think you got to at least look into it for the 49ers. There was a report from Mike Silver yesterday that the Baltimore Ravens and Seattle Seahawks might have some interest in bringing in Antonio Brown. So there's a couple of levels to this. One is, first of all, yes, it, if there was somebody that the 49ers could bring in, you don't have to trade a draft pick for him. He's on the street. You could probably sign him at a discount, maybe a one-year deal, whatever. As far as talent, there's not a better player that they could bring in that could be impactful because he's still going to be a good player in this league and potentially, you know, that all pro dude that he was in Pittsburgh. Then you factor in, okay, uh, is he just a pain in the ass? Is he just going right. to be a pain in the ass, a uh, egomaniac, diva, yes, yes. all that stuff in the locker room? Is the 49ers locker room good and big enough to either just handle it or even help fix him and, and put him in line? Not a lot of veterans at wide receiver, but there is a lot of veterans at some other positions. So that's like, okay, that that's a hurdle. But then there's something else which I think just slams this door closed for the 49ers, and that's that there's still an investigation going on with right. Antonio Brown, and it's not clear if or how long he would be suspended if he did get signed by a team. So he might miss all of the games that Debo is out anyway. So to me, that really takes Antonio Brown out of it, especially when you're talking about 
domestic violence being the nature of some of the allegations against him. Uh, something for me, I wouldn't touch it, and I, I feel like the 49ers aren't going to touch that either. What about like uh, Josh Gordon, who's applying for reinstatement, or you know Des Bryant, who Des Bryant. last year was in camp and was looking good before he got hurt? Oh, that was two years ago, I think, for Des. Two years ago? It was 2018 is the last time he was in camp, ruptured Achilles. Ooh. With the Saints, right? Yeah, yeah. You're right. That was two years it ago. It might have been last year. I think it was 2018, though. Let's take a look. And but yeah, what about what about a guy like Josh Gordon? I so, mean, well, for Des, I would say no because it's been there's that year of a buffer, and he had an Achilles before that, and he lost a step before that. So right. I just don't think he really fits with what Shanahan wants to do because he's essentially a power forward, like toss up to me and I'll pull down the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not going to separate, and he's not the guy who can run after the catch like when he was a punt returner in college. So I think that disqualifies him. Not to mention his knucklehead. You know, whatever. Uh, I mean, whatever. all three of the guys we mentioned here are pretty big knuckles. <laughs> right, yeah. Josh Gordon has played with Shanahan in the past. Yeah. Makes me think right? that, the, but what we saw with Seattle and what we've seen, he's not that guy anymore. He's not that Cleveland yeah. Browns dynamic dude anymore. So if he's not going to be that, what's the upside in signing him and, and you know, having maybe some more issues pop up for Josh Gordon? As much as I would like to root for him and like for him to to succeed, Kyle Shanahan didn't seem all too interested in trying to get him in the past when he was basically free. So why would he want him now? So I, I wouldn't say no to Gordon like I would for Bryant and Brown, mm-hmm. but I just, I, for some reason I just feel like Kyle Shanahan's not into it. Right. Here's the, here's the last name, the fourth name, Martavis Bryant. Also like Josh Gordon applying for right. a reinstatement to the league. Last we saw him was uh, playing pretty mediocre for the Oakland Raiders and then missed all of 2019. <laughs> Yeah, remember when they traded a third round draft pick for him? <laughs> he was a freak. Like, I mean, he was a freak in in Pittsburgh yeah. early on. And again, is his head Very screwed early. on straight? Right. He would be basically free. So I'm thinking. I mean, look, he could come in and and run some routes for you for a few weeks, and you say, ah, whatever, we don't like it, and cut him. No biggie. Uh, so right. Martavis Bryant, Josh Gordon, I would say, yeah, kick the tires, maybe give them a workout, see what they look like. If they have any anything left close to what their freakish abilities once were, give them a shot because you'd be basically getting a dynamic receiver for free and you could cut them at any time. So before before we get out of here, I, I got I mean, maybe you've talked about it, maybe I've missed it, but what are you willing to give up for Jamal Adams? Oh shoot. It would be not an it would be what the Jets wouldn't take. Uh-huh. Because the the 49ers already don't have a third. So I mean you could trade a second round pick and a player, you know, Pettis or Tart. Yeah, they're going to be looking for at least a first. Yeah, they, they, they're going to ask for multiple firsts. I don't think they're going to get the offer. I don't think teams in this, where we are with COVID-19 and this season, sure. and I mean, there's a chance that no games get played, right? There could it's be very some true. crazy spikes. So it'd be like the Dodgers trading for Mookie Betts. <laughs> yeah, you, know I mean? you don't want to be that team, and you're definitely not going to sign somebody not knowing what the future cap is going to be. So apparently, if you're one of the teams on Jamal Adams' list, he won't demand a new deal right away. So as far as contract goes, you could trade for him and then worry about that next off season. Mm-hmm. So it, it then becomes, okay, can you afford him in the future and pay crazy money for your safety while you're paying crazy money for a tight end? You still got to re-sign Richard Sherman and an offensive tackle and Trent Williams or replace them with draft picks that you now don't have because you traded for Jamal Adams. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense unless he comes so cheap in trade. And I just don't think the Jets are going to get an offer that they want, which is a massive offer, which is what they should be asking for for him. So I just don't think in the end he's going to go anywhere. 
You think he's going to play? He's going to just sit and hold out? Yes, because, and maybe I'll play the excerpt from this interview tomorrow on the show because my guest on Locked On NFL yesterday, Brad Spielberger from OverTheCap.com, we talked about a number of things. We talked about both Kittle and Adams. And essentially, Adams, because he still has two years under contract because they've picked up his fifth-year option, if he holds out, he runs the risk of losing that accrued season, which would really hurt him financially. So at some point, he has to show up and play for the Jets if they don't trade him. So basically, the only leverage he has is being a pain in the ass verbally, you know, in public and trying to get them to trade him, but they, they really just don't have to do anything. So unless they get this monster offer, I don't think they're going to trade him. And maybe next off season, we'll see something on that front because then he could hold out, I think before the 2021 season and really flex that leverage. And uh, George Kittle kind of in the same boat. I thought for sure, sure he would hold out, but there, there might be reason for him not to hold out, which really helps the 49ers, to try to get this thing done uh, with George Kittle, too. So, uh, yeah, I will, actually. I'll play an excerpt from that interview. You can hear the whole Sweet. thing at Locked On NFL. I'll play an excerpt about the at least the Kittle stuff on tomorrow's show right here. Sounds good, bud. And with that, we're out of time. Nick, always a pleasure. Indeed. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. See ya.